guys, welcome to another Blind Guy Talks Tech. This one is episode 111 for Wednesday, the 18th of May 2022. Today on the podcast, we're talking all about Apple and their new accessibility features they've just announced coming later this year. You're listening to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Now, here's that blind guy himself, Stephen Scott. Hey guys, welcome to Blind Guy Talks Tech. I am that blind guy, Stephen Scott, and uh, with me today on the program, we have program podcast. What do you call this thing? I, I'm so used to radio. And someone else who knows all about radio is Shelley Brisbane, host of the Parallel Podcast and a host of other things as well that she's going to tell us about. She's here uh, with us today. Hello, Shelley. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Program or podcast? What is this? You know, there was all this discussion last week when they got rid of the iPod Touch that we couldn't call them podcasts anymore. It's like nobody has paid attention to the iPod Touch for five years. And now all of a sudden (laughs) they're sad because we can't call these things podcasts anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is funny, isn't it, that that Apple has such a, a hold on the industry that it actually managed to name this whole medium. I mean, it's kind You're of incredible. You're welcome, isn't everyone. It? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to have a fellow Appley. Appley? Is there a name for us? Do we have a name? I don't know. They used to call us fangirls and fanboys, but it wasn't. Yeah. It's, it's not inclusive. There's not one Apple nerd, Apple. I don't know. Person, yeah, no, whatever. Come up with something. Yeah, there has to be something. something. Yeah, it should be called voices because uh, you know. We're sure. About it's all about the voices over. over Zoomies. Got a Zoomie, I like we? Zoomies. We do have a Zoomie. Well, yeah, I've got Zoomie um, mag- on the jaws. Magnet, mag- because I'm thinking of something for low vision, but I, Zoomies is probably good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> sure. Oh, wow. Well, listen, it's great to have you here. Uh, but I want to find out all the things you're up to, because it seems you're on every, well, you're not on everything, but you're certainly taking part in as much as you possibly can, which is brilliant. Oh, my God. I, I would I, advise people to not watch my Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I encourage them to do it, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. I encourage it. Um, but yeah, we're here today talking, of course, and getting a bit of a hot take on the news that's come out uh, from Apple, of course, uh, previewing some new features ahead of WWDC, Worldwide Developer Conference, taking place June 6th. Uh, which, of course, we're very excited about. I'm extremely excited about. You know, I am out in Canada uh, until June 6th. I get home on June 6th. So I have to get home, get get early to bed. I mean, I, I should be home by about 10 a.m., get a good sleep, and then be back up for about 6 p.m. my time oh my uh, so I can be awake and ready for WWDC. That's, that's, a, that's, that's dedication, Shelley. It is. That's the kind of day that I feel like I'm having today because of all those, all those things that you were talking about my my doing i feel like i've done yeah. all of them today and that sounds like what's going to be wwdc day like for for all of us but you oh, more so because you be have wild. time zone situations <laughs> but we we actually this is a good place for us because we actually have now got a good sense of what's coming software wise for us mm-hmm. which is brilliant yes. so let's dive right in uh, and one of the the big news stories i guess for blind people and and those with low vision as well is door detection now this is already garnering some interesting responses online from uh, blind people and, I imagine, mainstream uh, reviewers alike. What the hell is door detection, right? But (laughs) this actually sounds pretty good for me because I I often struggle to find the door, the entrance to a place, you know, be a, a building I'm going to for a meeting, even a restaurant door sometimes. It's not always obvious where the door is. Uh, and uh, this this is going to help us locate a door. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I, I also like the part of it where it will identify text that is on or near the door because my situation is often room numbers or signs or things like that. Yes. So if I'm inside, I do pretty well with doors. But if I'm outside, I don't. And if I'm inside, 
I'm usually uh, walking up an inch from the uh, the room sign to see what it says. And so potentially, assuming that I have a LiDAR-capable device, which is what you need, mm-hmm. uh, then I can identify those doors. And we don't, do we? No, we don't. We were talking about that before we got on the mics. And uh, you have to have, at this point, an iPhone 13 Pro or Pro Max, or you have to have a 12.9-inch iPad. Uh, I, I, that was the thing I thought was incredibly hilarious, because I'm just imagining pulling this giant iPad out of my bag and pointing it at whatever door I might be near. Uh, <laughs> now, you're saying that, right? And I know that sounds crazy, but I, I do have a 12.9-inch iPad Pro, so I actually could I have get this one. feature. I, I do actually have one. Mine doesn't have LiDAR. It's an older generation, and I use it because it's a delightful low-vision tool. I'm just uh, not used to navigating with it. No, I don't... <laughs> It would obscure all of your vision. You would just have the whole thing taken exactly. up by this huge screen. Well, wow. you know, we talk about Apple wearables, right? So you just wear the iPad on your face. But there must be a, there must be the some doors. kind of thing you can get from Amazon for that, some kind of sure. head mount for the iPad Pro. That's I mean, that wouldn't idea. look odd at all, would it? No, of no. course not. But you know, no, these days, hey, listen, Shelley, these days it's just you be you. That's what they say, <laughs> isn't it? Just you <laughs> be right. you. That's right. Um, so this is a feature that's coming in, and we should say actually these are features coming in probably what September time or whenever they release. Whenever iOS, iOS 16. sixteen, and and Apple is very careful in these preview announcements to say coming later this year. And all yes. of us who have been around these things for a while know that Apple will announce a new version of iOS, and that it will probably come out in the fall, and that you can extrapolate and say that's when we're going to get to see this. Well, and of course, as we all know, because we've all been waiting for the universal control feature to turn up. Um, you could even wait a year for some of these features <laughs> to actually emerge, right? So right. even though it's coming, it doesn't mean it'll come with the launch of iOS 16. So, okay, that's something. But See how cynical we are now? I we're, know, we're, we're, I know. I, I will say, too, that I don't think Apple is tipping it specifically, but the implication of more features that require LiDAR is that you're going to get more LiDAR-capable devices. And and my question when they first came up with, when they came up with people detection, which also required LiDAR, was at what point does LiDAR become a future, feature that goes further down the line? Because that primarily exists in devices with high-end cameras. And so my question is, and was for Apple at one point, hey, uh, what about those of us who, (laughs) because we're blind or visually impaired, may not have invested in the high-dollar camera iPhone, uh, what is the likelihood that we'll have access to LiDAR on a lower-end product? Yeah, because it kind of then becomes a bit of an Apple tax, doesn't it? You then Mm -hmm. have to buy the the higher-end device to get the LiDAR feature, and so it goes. Whereas, yeah, that that doesn't seem right. And I I mean, without getting into the weeds on what may be coming out later this year, because of course we don't know, we just read the reviews and rumours like everyone else, and and everyone else is ruminating as well. Um, I think that's the right word. I will get someone to check that. I'm pretty sure, sure. that's the right word, though. Um, it probably isn't. But yeah, so the the features that we're, we're, we want in, in, in terms of LiDAR, I think probably will come in uh, into some kind of... I, I mean, if the, if, the, if the rumors are true that the, I, the iPhone 14 will not feature a mini in its lineup, then it would maybe suggest that whatever is left whatever new features come along, will they will all include LiDAR. That would be good. That would be good to Maybe. see. Maybe. I mean, the, the thing that, as I say, the thing that concerns me is that because LiDAR is sort of paired with higher-end cameras and the way they differentiate the 13 from the 13 Pro, for example, mm. is that you have improved, ca- and, and, and to the max beyond that, is that you have this camera technology. And so LiDAR gets kind of bundled with 
with cameras. And for us, for me, the, the extra money for a 13 Pro doesn't really make any sense. And I don't benefit from the size of the 13 Pro Max. So there's not a lot of incentive unless I just really want that LiDAR for people detection, which I didn't. Uh, the door detection, more tempting, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But it does sound pretty good. Um, the idea is that, and this all comes through the magnifier app which will be where we'll find it. So and that was the same with people detection, wasn't it? Yes. It was in the yeah, it's magnifier. in the magnifier app. There, in fact, the, the way that worked is that you, the magnifier app looked a certain way, and then if you had the phone with the LiDAR, there's a little button for people detection. So you could uh, point your phone with magnifier enabled at uh, where you thought a person might be, and it would give you the approximate distance of t- to yeah. that person. And which so I assume out- door detection will work pretty much the same way it'll say there's a door my guess is that the way they would do the text thing is that live text is you know enabled in there and it, it'll you know read the text oh, to you. i see right okay yeah it's bringing that feature in as well which is, again is a really cool feature yeah uh, the other thing that's come out from this as well in addition to this is apple maps will offer sound and haptics feedback for voiceover users to identify the starting point for walking directions yeah that's super interesting and it's uh reminds me a little bit of um I guess, well, there's there's been the haptic thing where you could follow for a long time in maps, and that seems to work less well than it used to. You know what I'm talking about? Where you, yeah. if you put your finger on the, the where a road is, uh, the haptic will guide you, and so you can sort of tell the shape of the road. Is it, you know, east-west, north-south? Is it diagonal, whatever? And um, that seemed to work, for me anyway, less well in iOS 15 than uh, in previous versions. So I don't know. Um, and, but this is cool, and it, it reminds me a little bit of... You know, something like what Microsoft Soundscape does, where it uh, helps you sort of orient yourself in sound space. And I don't know if Apple's in Maps is going to be as sophisticated as that, but uh, I, I do like the idea. I, I think it's great because walking directions is something that's could be better in Maps. Yeah, you know? I agree. I think it could be a lot better. And actually, funnily enough, for me, that is one of the challenges is, is not the, the journey itself, but the starting point. Mm-hmm. Just getting, I mean, just to know where I'm heading, because yeah. I often find what I do is I start walking. And inevitably, it's always, it's like when, you know, the, the toast falls from your hand covered in butter and it always falls butter side butter down. Butter side down, yep. Um, it's the same thing. I always end up walking the wrong way first and I have to turn around and walk back. And I don't, I don't care what I look like in that situation. It's just irritating. I think, sure. come on, you could just tell me to walk Could we just start out or, confidently and go yeah. in the direction we want to go? <laughs> it's fine for me because I have a cane, but, you know, my wife's got a guide dog and, you know, that would be, you know, it's just a hassle. You've got to stop and you got to turn around, you got to do the whole thing. The dog is like, what are we doing? Yeah, do exactly. you even have any idea where you're going? This person has no idea. Exactly. Um, VoiceOver's getting some updates as well. 20 additional locales and languages, including... And I must say, this is kind of, I mean, it's timely and it's not, I guess, relevant to anything other than just because of the fact it's included Ukraine. So Ukrainian uh, language is going to be in there, which is uh, pretty cool. I mean, you would think a lot of this was covered already, wouldn't you? You would. But yeah. I, I forget not. how many languages. It seems like initially it was something like 20 languages, which makes me wonder, wait, ha- how many has it increased to previously? And how many are we at now? I haven't looked that up yet. But yeah, you would think those would have been in there for some time. Uh, there's also going to be new voices optimized for assistive features. Now, I did get the chance to ask Apple directly about this, what that means. Uh, and it will be new voices that will be able to operate at a higher speeds and be much ah. better at higher speeds. <laughs> I love that. Uh-huh. Because as a lot of us know, who've come from JAWS or, you know, have come over from a screen reader, you know, like JAWS, for example, Eloquence is the example of that, where you can really get that speed up. Yeah, I still uh, understand it. Yeah, you couldn't really do it so much with these voices. 
Um, so that's changed. They've also been listening there. But we don't know what those voices are yet. We're still waiting to find out if it'll be new voices or improvements. Maybe, I mean, God, oh, bring eloquence to the Mac. That would be, that'd be Seems heaven Seems unlikely, for me. but it yeah, would be nice. Happening, is it? It yeah, nice, I mean, I given that, that Microsoft owns it now, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna, that's not going to happen. Um, but and also should be said that the voices or the languages uh, and the voices and the locales will be available for speak selection and speak screen for those who use that as well. Well, that makes sense, and because I mean, the interface is. There, there's a separate interface where you can invoke the voices for speak selection or speak screen, but it's all going back to the same place, right? So, so it only it only makes sense, and it would be. Yeah, it'd be very unpleasant if for some reason you couldn't use those voices with speak screen, which I use all the time. Uh, now, there are tons of other accessibility features that I want to get to, but um, just, just one that really stands out a little bit. And I don't know about you, I sometimes have hassle with this. I don't know if it's just it's my brain sometimes more than anything else, but this is a, a feature they're bringing in, which is uh, you can now adjust how long Siri waits before responding mm-hmm. to a request with Siri pause time. This is the feature name that's coming in. Uh, I think this is actually brilliant because, you know, I find this, I wish Lady A, as I call her, mm-hmm. had this as well. Because sometimes by the time I formed my thought and said it, <laughs> she's gone. And I'd kind of like her to just wait a little bit. And it's the same with Siri. I, like, I love the idea of just being able to pause it a little bit or just give it a bit more time for me to, to say what I need to say. Yeah, and I think that's going to be especially helpful for folks who have uh, speech difficulties or Absolutely. who maybe have cognitive situations where they're not able to... Uh, vocalizes as quickly. And I, yeah, I don't know whether that's going to be something I'm going to rely on. I'm certainly going to experiment with it, but it's a, it's a good option to have. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of other stuff as well, right? I mean, there's um, lots of stuff around the Apple Watch. Oh, yeah. That's a really interesting one. The mirroring thing. I love yeah. that. So, so explain the, that. So what's, what's the design? idea is that your Apple Watch screen can essentially airplay your Apple Watch screen to your iPhone. And what's great about that is that the Apple Watch screen, there's a lot going on on that tiny little screen. As a low vision person, I often use my Apple Watch very minimally because I can't see all the little things that are going on on my screen. And I don't, for example, compose text messages or even read them on screen. I can tell that I have a message and I can tell who it's from, but I almost always go to my phone, even though I can zoom on the watch, it's just unwieldy and the screen is too small. But I can see plenty of situations where I would want to send that screen to the phone. Um, And it's just a flexibility thing. Like you you or somebody else may say, well, why would you ever do that? Why even have an Apple Watch if you're going to do that? But just the idea that I can do that, and it gives me the flexibility to decide, well, do I want an Apple Watch? How many complications can I put on my watch? There's a complication I like. It's a weather one where the weather is expressed, the, the temperature is expressed inside a little picture of a cloud, and it's so tiny I can't see it. Mm. I love the idea of just having that on my phone. Well, that's right. And, and, you know, again, this is a feature that is being brought in essentially for those who use voice control, switch control mm-hmm. as well. And I'm imagining this is for someone who cannot physically look at their watch. Right, right. And they, yeah, and, and that, that actually is interesting because it seems like it would provide somebody an ability to wear their watch in any way or on any limb that they wanted to, you know, mm. whether whether it was that they couldn't look at it if it's on their wrist or whether it's just, hey, I want the watch around me. I want it near me, but yeah. because I like the features it has, but I want to use my phone as the main interface. And, you know, it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of people would think, well, hang on, if, if you're in that position, why would you even bother with a watch? But the truth is, it can measure your heart rate. Mm-hmm. It can measure your uh, blood oxygen levels. 
these are reasons why you would want and, to wear and it. And workout, there, I mean, they're wheelchair workouts. There, exactly. there are all sorts of yeah. things that the watch is optimized for that the you phone really is I always forget because really I don't do fitness. I, Same. I, I well, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, Stephen. We're just confessing <laughs> to the people out there that not all of us... I, I do love the Apple Watch uh, uh, presentations at uh, WWDC where all these incredibly fit people talk about the other incredibly fit people who use the watch and say, God love you. I'm glad you're that way. I They're am not. I'm sad to say. marching up mountains and jumping on and off bikes and I'm like, yeah, right. you're, you're on your own in that one. Right. You maybe do that in California. I don't do that in Scotland, trust me. It's too wet. <laughs> You would fall off your bike the first time you got on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much cool stuff. And, and in addition to, and this is great, we, we remember, was it last year that assistive gestures were brought, hand gestures were brought in to control to the, the Apple watch. watch? Yeah. And there's now more gestures as well. Like, for example, a double pinch gesture. I'm assuming that's two fingers. I guess so. Um, so finger, maybe index. Well, I guess it, maybe, maybe you pinch twice quickly because a pinch would be two fingers by definition. So. I don't know how that would work. That right, actually okay. seems like that would be a challenge for somebody with certain physical disabilities, but I guess it's intended for somebody who who can do it. The idea that I have to manipulate something on the watch yeah. seems unwieldy for me, but that's not... It does not, for me too. Yeah, that's I, not the I, situation I have, I'm in. So I have the unfortunate reality of an essential tremor. I, just, I mm-hmm. tell people it's not that essential to me, but it seems right, to think but it's, it is. It, but it, it, it won't leave you alone. <laughs> it won't leave me alone. <laughs> so these gestures, as much as I love them, they don't really benefit me, but that doesn't mean they won't benefit many others. And right. um, I mean, the double pinch one will now or will be able to answer or end a phone call, dismiss notifications, even take a picture, which is kind of cool. Yep. Um, play or pause media. Uh, so it's a bit like a double tap. Sort of a magic not? tap or a double yeah, tap. Magic yeah, magic tap, yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool. And again, it's just this, this assistive touch feature they've built in. Um which is just brilliant. You know, when you think about it, the, the capability of this is just amazing. Uh, the other big story, of course, for uh, deaf and hard of hearing users is uh, live captioning coming to iPhone, iPad, and Mac. This is kind of playing a little bit of catch up on some other services. Microsoft, Google have already been building in a lot of this. Um, we're seeing it now on the Mac. But it always feels like Apple just goes that little step further. So, like, you can actually be on a FaceTime call or on a phone call. Uh, or using any kind of video conferencing or social media app and have a conversation with someone and have that, you know, that come up in text, which is amazing. And you can adjust font size as well for ease of reading. I mean, that's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. And I think the two things that I thought were, first of all, Google gets a lot of grief for how it's implemented on YouTube. And it's not not particularly good. Some people call them craptions. They don't really like them. And I I know people who are uh, hard of hearing or deaf and who uh, have issues with auto-generated captions. So I'll be yeah. curious to see the quality. Um, and knowing Apple, I have high expectations. I mean, uh, the other thing, I read a TechCrunch story today where they were uh, talking about the potential that this live caption thing was going to Sherlock some other uh, app, third party apps that do this sort of thing. Uh, and I haven't really thought about that great. Just like, I didn't, I don't know that because I, mean, I know that things like Zoom and Skype and Google's apps have their own captioning. So I guess you could theoretically choose. You could just say, hey, I'd like to you know, use Apple's version, or I'd like to use what's built in. I don't know that there's software out there that is only designed to do live captioning outside of something else that this is going to affect too much. Uh, but what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, I can't remember. In any case, it's it's cool. And I, I, uh, I, I'm really curious to see how people who use this feature find it works. I was reading about the, the, the calls side of things. So if you're using live captions on calls on the Mac, you can type a response 
and it will be read aloud in real time to others who are part of the conversation. So I'm assuming huh. that means it's, I guess, TTS is reading the message to you on the phone. I guess so. That huh. sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I, right. And and that's t that's totally opt in, right? So I can type it. And because I have that issue with Zoom where there's a Zoom chat going on while I'm in a meeting where we're talking to one another and using the camera. And then I have to look forward to my screen to see the Zoom chat, which which means which I means I position my camera in such a way that I don't look entirely ridiculous when I'm doing it. But I do look somewhat ridiculous and I find it hard to follow chat yeah. like that. And I love the idea that maybe that's in my ear so I can follow the chat along, you know, while because I'm you don't use listening. voiceover, do you? You use magnificate or Zoom, don't you? Right on on the on the phone I use voiceover mostly for reading for long form reading on the Mac yeah, I don't use yeah. it at all but uh, but that's but yeah. the thing right so, there's just so many great features and I love the way that Apple have divided it in a way although I say divided but they've made it possible for someone who isn't using voiceover to still be able to benefit from the voice to be able to read an email for example in full but without having to turn voiceover on so it's not like you have to learn voiceover in order to benefit from you know, the, the features of, say, speak screen, which allow you yeah. to do that. I mean, that's that's what's always been great about even on the Mac where, I mean, something is something like text edit could always speak to you. Uh, and, and I haven't done a lot of what I call ad hoc speech on the Mac, although now that voice stream reader is available for the Mac. I'm a happy listener. Uh, yeah. I do a lot of that on the phone because the phone is better at it. And without voiceover, there's so many options from speak selection, which I hardly ever use just because I never think to do it to speak screen, which I use all the time. Mm. And I, I just love the idea that you, yeah, you do have that choice. And it's, it's sometimes you do turn voiceover on because you want help with the navigation or you sometimes speak screen will kind of get lost on a, say a web page or something like that. And it's helpful because voiceover, you can actually move around and stuff. But, but I, I love the idea that ad hoc speech exists and that, as I say, the back end is essentially the same in terms of access to voices and ability to customize the, the pitch and the speed and all that sort of thing. Also, another app which is getting a bit of an update is Apple Books, and a lot of people are excited by this. I guess you as well would be would be interested in this because you're getting new themes, customization options, and lots of people are excited about that. Yeah, what's interesting to me is that there is already customization in Apple Books. Apple Books was kind of ahead of the game in terms of themes and margins and font choices and that sort of thing. So it seems like they're really improving it. And I, I have felt that you know, Apple Books hasn't really had a lot of updates in a few years. And you could argue that they aren't necessarily needed to make the application work any better because it does what it does. It reads, it stores your books. Uh, but I love the idea that it's getting some attention. And it feels like one of those apps that every once in a while Apple goes, oh, yeah, we have this app. Maybe we should do something <laughs> with it. Yes. Yeah, it, I must admit, I kind of forgot about I, Apple Books or iBooks, as uh, I guess it was. Um, yeah. You know, I, I remember that. And, you know, I, I used it a little bit. But, yeah, it, it's funny. I was always moving on to, I moved on to audiobooks, right? So, you know, I didn't bother so much with it. I know you could obviously get audiobooks on, on Apple Books as well, but it was a different way of I doing it. I never did that. I think I bought one or two as a test one time. But it is funny because I've always, I've got audible accounts oh, that, and all that exactly. stuff. And, Once yeah. you get audible, it's like right. whatever, right? Right. Um, no, that, that's interesting. And of course, the other feature to talk about, which is um, interesting because sound recognition came out recently as well. Yeah. And um, that's a great feature. But now they're saying that the iPhone and the iPhone and the iPad can be trained to recognize 
Sounds like a, an alarm or a doorbell or, or whatever, frankly. This is one that when sound recognition first came out, that was my first comment. I wasn't, I have a tendency to look gift horses in the mouth and say, that's sound recognition. <laughs> that's really great. Baby crying, water, sink, doorbell, whatever. Yeah, but what about letting me train it? And I think that's great because you might have a certain kind of, like I have a rice cooker in my kitchen and maybe I want to key it to the alarm that that rice cooker makes, uh, which is like a multi-tone thing. Uh, or, or maybe there's some other specific sound. Maybe my, my cat's meow is the thing I want to pay attention to. Or my kid who goes, mom, you know, uh, it, I just, and it makes sense because it doesn't seem like it's particularly difficult once you create a sound pattern for the thing to recognize. It, it made sense that this was coming and I'm glad it has. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, there's so many uh, wonderful features that are coming. And um, I'm, this, of course, is all related to Global Accessibility Awareness Day, yep. which is this year. Now, we, we don't tend to cover it. And, and, you know, this is our first year of this new podcast. So um, you would say, well, maybe this is, this is the year to cover it. But we don't because we talk about this subject every single day. So it's just part of what we do right, right every right, day right. it's global accessibility awareness day 100% well that's yeah that's funny maybe, maybe you had a question there sorry Stephen but uh... well, probably somewhere <laughs> in there but no I mean it, it just I think it's interesting to see that develop but I, I did want to ask you what that day means to you because it is an important day in, in the calendar for us yeah, I mean, for the second year in a row, it means good stuff from Apple, honestly. And I, um, yeah. the thing I did last year when they did a preview like this was I made many attempts to praise Apple for doing it. And I thought it was a good model for the way that they could preview all kinds of announcements. And they've done a few of those things, but especially for Global Accessibility Awareness Day, it's like, hey, you're not going to get as much focus at WWDC because we have so many other things to talk about, even though there have been WWDCs where they have demonstrated accessibility stuff. This is a great way to highlight it early. So we get sort of, it's like we get our Christmas presents early, honestly. And yeah. I like that. And as far as in general, what the day means to me, it, it's mostly advocacy outward. It's mostly me tweeting stuff out uh, for the radio show where I work. I have so far unsuccessfully, but I've been trying to think of a segment that kind of goes with it that's that's suitable for the for the mainstream because yes, as you say, for for those of us who live this stuff, our focus is kind of different than than the mainstream where you're basically saying, hey, this is a thing that you probably don't think about at all. At what level should we educate you? But the other thing is you have sort of an interesting competition between, and this was true last year, I don't know if it's going to be true this year, between the Apples and the Googles and the Microsofts and the Amazons of the world saying, we have GAAD announcements too, and mm. that's nothing but good for us. I love that. Yeah, I, I think it's it's not, it, it doesn't feel like a competition and it, it shouldn't, but it's good to see that the companies are attempting to keep up and, right. you know, more of that is good. Just more and more of it, please, because it's what we need. Um, first off, you know, my mortgage depends on it. So, yeah, keep it coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I'm open and honest about that, right? I, I, need to, I like my house. I like it. I want to keep my house. I've made that decision. Um, <laughs> I'm not sending it back. But, yeah, so tell everybody where you are these days because, you know, we, of course, met originally from the, the Parallel podcast and you very kindly invited me on. But, and I'm amazed you're, you're inviting me on again. So yeah, it could happen again at right. any moment. Uh, Literally, <laughs> yeah. Par um, Parallel pod yeah. Parallel podcast is one of the things I do. It is a podcast about technology with accessibility sprinkles is the way I 
say it. Uh, we do that every two weeks. It's part of the Relay FM network. Uh, I also work as a producer reporter for a radio show in Texas called Texas Standard, which is basically a mainstream public radio show. And occasionally I get to talk about accessibility uh, and I talk a lot about tech. Um, and then uh, I write this book called iOS Access for All, which is an annually updated book that covers all of the accessibility features in iOS. So, of course, when Apple does an announcement like what, what we saw today, it just makes more work for me. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other, well, actually more than one chapter of the book uh, that's going to be required for that. Indeed, um, indeed. <laughs> so where can we get that book, Shelley? That book is at iosaccessbook.com. The iOS uh, 15 edition is out right now. Sometimes I forget what version we're at. I'm like, is it 14? Is it 15? Uh, That's available now. And and what I always do is whenever Apple officially announces that there's going to be another version of iOS, once that's been released, then I uh, give people, uh, they they can buy the book and then they can get a free upgrade to the next edition. But for now, if you're by the iOS 15 edition, I'm afraid uh, you're going to have to pay up again for for the next edition edition. I just tanked my sales for the entire summer. But in any case, <laughs> Listen, it's, it's, it's worth it. It is absolutely yeah. worth it. Because, Thank you know, you. one of the things that you put so much work into, so much effort into it. And I think it's because it's so focused on accessibility and what we can do with our devices. It is so worth having. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we're all this glad will be it. the 10th edition. Assuming Apple wow. uh, gives us iOS 16, it's going to be the 10th. So, I forget what anniversary that is, but it's uh, in, in any case, uh, it's going to be a big one, and I'm uh, looking forward to spending my summer working on it for y'all. Oh, sounds brilliant. Well, listen, uh, we will be catching up again soon on on the other big show, Parallel, much bigger than this. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. But we'll <laughs> oh, I'm so, so pleased to come back on, so I appreciate that. I look forward to talking to you about this very topic, actually, so we'll get a chance yep. to you know get into this, and obviously we'll have done a bit more we'll research see, by we'll then. We'll see so. what it's like when I'm asking the questions, Stephen. <laughs> well, you, you'll be asking sensible questions, thought through, you know, not hot take, or sure. just, hey, here's a press release, read it in five minutes and go. Right. Um, but no, I, I'm really glad that uh, we were able to do this. Shelley, thanks for coming on. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And remember, if you want to get in touch with our show, maybe give us your comments and thoughts. What's your favorite iOS feature? What do you hope out of iOS 16 from an accessibility point of view? Then uh, get in touch with us. You can get in touch. All the details coming up right now. If you want even more Blind Guy in your life, visit BlindGuyTalksTech.com for previous episodes. Find us on your podcast apps or ask Lady A or Lady G to play Blind Guy Talks Tech Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.